0: He starts playing Michael Jackson, like totally whoa. And then I can (laughs) hold a little note. So I just started singing Michael Jackson. We just started singing Michael Jackson songs for about 10, 15 minutes, different songs. And then he said, I like you, I'm gonna give you a job. And I said, okay.
1: Welcome to Lead With Your Brand. The podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you starbucks fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment tech media and more you'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success firsthand uncensored and real as told by people who've been there and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough and now here's your host personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria.
2: Hey, everyone, it's Jason Patria, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast. I am super excited for today's guest. It is my bud, Gabrielle Gambrell, a communications branding and media expert who most recently served as the VP and head of marketing and communications at Barnard College at Columbia University. Now, one of the reasons why I wanted to have Gabby on today is to really think about social media now people come to me all of the time and they say you know what i have a brand but i don't like being on social media and i don't want to follow stuff and it feels like it's too much work but in this day and age being on social media is key to managing your personal and professional brand. In fact, I think of one of the key steps to leading with your brand is promoting yourself. And we know that marketing experts tell us that you need to see or hear a message at least seven times, even more than that oftentimes, before we're even aware of a new product or service. Think about that. You need to drive past that billboard for a new Netflix show more than seven times before you're even aware of that, and that doesn't even talk about your intent to tune in, purchase, or consume. So if you're not on social media, in particular in this work-from-home COVID-19 world, do people even know that you're there? Are they even aware of you? And if they're not aware, how the heck are they going to tap on your door when they've got that perfect career breakthrough role for you? So I always think about social media in terms of three ways that you can be there. The first one is all about original content, and that's probably not a big surprise, but you've got to post original content. Those could be photos, those could be videos, that could be blogs, that could be writing articles, and I know what you're thinking, that sounds like a lot but you can just start with great photos. So in your job, did you just do something cool that you can post a photo? Maybe it's a selfie of you and your team on MS Teams or Zoom because you just had a big accomplishment or you just rolled out a big project, right? It doesn't have to be writing something huge. And when you think about blogs and articles, make it short and sweet, but it's all about original content. Now, the second thing that is much easier is thinking about syndication. That means that you're reposting, retweeting, and sharing other people's content. So you don't even have to write it. You just need to reshare it, but give your bit of context or why you like that. So think about in your areas of expertise, when you think about your supersized brand attributes, how are you going out and following smart people on LinkedIn or following cool people on Twitter who are thought leaders in that area. And when you see a great article or you see a great post, how do you reshare that, but then go ahead and put right in there, here's why I love this article, or congrats to this team for X and share why you think what they've done is impactful. So you can syndicate content without actually creating it. And the final one is the low-hanging fruit that is super easy, and that is you need to engage. When you're going through LinkedIn, are you liking people's content? More importantly, are you engaging through communication by commenting? Whether you're on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or even Twitter, are you leaving a thoughtful comment? And don't just leave one of those, you know, easy comments that everyone does, which is like, Great job. If you're saying great job, great job for what? Leave a comment to thank someone and tell them how it impacted you. Say something that's smart because that drives you showing up in others feeds and should reflect your online brand. So again, think about it. You've got to post some original content. You've got to syndicate a lot. And every single day you have that opportunity to engage via likes and comments. Now, we're going to be back in just a couple of moments with Gabrielle Gambrell. She is a marketing and communications consultant and a graduate adjunct professor at NYU. So as an expert in communications and branding, Gabrielle most recently served as the VP and head of marketing and communications at Barnard College of Columbia University. She actually made history in that role as being both the first Black woman to hold the title as well as the youngest since the college founding in 1889 now as a champion for diversity equity and inclusion she served in tons of communications roles including the director of comms and PR at FCB global and a director of comms at NBC Universal where I actually met her and you'll hear all about how she began her career as a production assistant on ABC's popular morning show live with Regis and Kelly now she's been recognized a heck of a lot and in fact back in 20 2018, Forbes recognized her for her industry wide accomplishments and unwavering commitment to diversity and inclusion. We'll be back with Gabby in just a few moments. If you're one of our listeners who's ready to dig into your personal brand and go for that next career breakthrough, I have a special announcement for you. We have the next series of the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program starting in just a couple of weeks. Now, for years, when I would give the Lead With Your Brand workshop or keynote address, I'd come off stage and people would come up to me and say, hey, how can I put this system into practice? And that's exactly what the Career Breakthrough. Mentoring Program does for people like you. You're high performing and you're a high potential leader. Now, our next group is starting the first week of October. So if you're ready to do the work, go to LeadWithYourBrand.com and click on Career Breakthrough Mentoring to fill out the application. All right, everybody, I am super excited for my next guest, Gabrielle Gambrell. Gab, how are you?
0: Jason, it's such a pleasure to speak with you. It's always so, so good to catch up with you. Thanks for having me.
2: Of course. So for those people that are not necessarily familiar with you and your work, how do you describe yourself when you meet someone at a cocktail party or networking event?
0: Great question. So I say that my parents appropriately named me. I've got the gift of Gab. So I I open with, hi, my name is Gabby. My name is Gab. I've got the gift of Gab. My parents appropriately named me. I'm a storyteller. And essentially everything I've ever done, even I can date stuff back to my childhood, um, one of my greatest gifts, if not my greatest gift, is being able to tell a story. And based on that, I've been able to take off uh, in terms of my career and my trajectory all from storytelling.
2: So I love that we have that in common, right? Because we love telling stories and we, we love talking. So Gab, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the show is that you have this great communications and PR career, Mm -hmm. but it's in kind of these varied backgrounds, right? Varied industries. Uh You've been in TV and media, the agency world, most recently in academia. Uh So when you kind of look back on that, What have been some of your biggest career breakthrough moments?
0: Uh, Great question. When I think about my career, I think some of my biggest breakthroughs all revolve around impressing someone, if you will. So my undergraduate degree is in television, video, and film. I thought I wanted to be a TV producer, born and raised in Los Angeles. So TV media is a huge part of my upbringing. Even my father, for instance, my father worked in real estate, but a lot of his clients were entertainers and athletes. And so that whole Hollywood jazz, both of my grandfathers were in the entertainment business. So I thought I wanted to be a TV producer. Went to school for TV production, undergraduate TV, video, film, worked at ABC in production. Um, and then I realized all that the production world entails. So I kind of had to have what I call a come to Jesus. And then I had to really reflect, what else can you do if you're not going to be a TV producer? What are you good at? knew that I could tell stories, knew I could write well, knew I could communicate well. So then I essentially impressed some people in order to get a job at CBS. A job was created for me as CBS. What? Yeah. So uh, a job was created for me on the communications team because I impressed the right person. Um, so a lot of my career trajectory has been able to get in front of the right person and leaving a lasting impression to the point that they say, I want her on my team or I need her. How can I work with her? So it's making that lasting, impactful impression has been tremendous for me.
2: Yeah, so tell me more about this job that was basically created for you at CBS. What is it that you did specifically to impress that hiring manager? Because right. I know people ask me all the time like I-, I don't know how to impress people or I don't I don't know how to show up. Like yeah. what is it that you did that early in your career?
0: So, I think very early on I had the confidence to be my authentic self, but something that has been instrumental I believe is I have a high emotional intelligence. Uh, so being able to identify with people's social cues and understand how this conversation is going, understand that, okay, I may need to turn this way or pivot this way. So in terms of the role being created for me at CBS, I graduated college early. I, I started college early to begin with. So I graduated high school at 17 and then I graduated college in three years. So I graduated college at 20 years old. And so 20 years old, interned my last semester of college at ABC, offered a job at my internship, which at the time was live with Regis and Kelly, which is now live with Kelly and Ryan Seacrest. The show continues, just new host. So I was working there just full transparency. I come from humble beginnings. Living in New York City is quite expensive. And when you start off in production, I was making minimum wage. I was making... Uh, we're talking 2007. So I was making no more than $8 an hour and I was not able to successfully live in New York City making $8 an hour. So I had to think, what else can I do that's not going to be production because I can't live off of $8 an hour? What else can I do to make money? So... Again, trying to impress people. So I went to my college's alumni office and said, I love television. I love television more than anything. Please give me the list of all alums that work in television. And they're like, okay. So I reached out to every single alum that worked in television, in particular, vice president and above. So vice president, senior vice president, executive vice president. I sent them LinkedIn messages. I Googled, found out their email addresses, and I sent them a really short message like, oh, I read about your career. I'm a recent Iona College alum currently working on Live just Kelly, Kelly looking, looking for my next step. I would love to better understand your career. I would love to have five minutes of your time. I would love to take you out to coffee. Very short, concise, making sure I acknowledge them. Very clear why I'm contacting them and making the connection. We're both alums and I want to be in television. You're in television. So from that, no exaggeration, I emailed over a 100 people. Oh my um gosh. Perhaps 10% responded right? So it's like cold yeah. calling, if you will. But more, except in my LinkedIn request, they didn't just necessarily respond to my message. So those who I did meet up with for coffee, those who gave me a five-minute call, I tried my very best. I Googled each person before I met them. I tried my best to impress them. And one of the individuals, his name was Martin, he goes by Marty, Martin Daly. He was, at the time, Senior Vice President of Network Sales at CBS. And he said, you're amazing. I'm hiring a sales assistant. And I said, I'll, I want to do PR. I want to tell stories. I'm going to write. He said, Gabby, CBS is the number one television network in the world. I feel very confident you can get in and make it happen. So went over to CBS, 20 years old, went over to CBS as a sales assistant. Just honest, hated it, hated it. I was entering numbers <laughs> in the all day. I I'm not a numbers person I'm a storyteller I'm a creative numbers is not my thing but entering numbers every day once a week I made it a point to meet a senior executive and then it would be a ripple effect I would try to impress them in that time but I would always say is there someone else you want me to meet is there anyone else you could refer me to and it was always a ripple effect because in that short time of meeting senior executives, they would say, okay, they wanted to help me. And I was very deliberate in saying, my goal is to do PR. I want to do PR. I know that I'm a storyteller. I want to tell stories. I want to write. Communications. Simultaneously, went back to school for my master's in sports and entertainment PR, which I have a master's in. So long story short, ripple effect, meeting person, meeting person, meeting person everyone meeting, continuously meeting senior executives at CBS. I got in front of the head of HR and she said, have you met the head of communications yet? Bill Schwartz. Uh, he recently passed away. Gil Schwartz was the chief communications officer, CBS television network for over 25 years, perhaps over mm-hmm. 30 years. Uh, yeah. He worked with Leslie Moonves. And so I said, no, I haven't met Gil. And she said, do you know about Gil? I said, absolutely. I've read some of his books, Stanley Bing. I know all about Gil. She said, okay, Gil is no joke. So if you get in front of him, which I'm going to put you in front of him, you got to make me proud. And I was like, okay, no problem. So,
2: no pressure, right? Right, no
0: pressure, <laughs> no pressure at all. So I, I remember it very vividly um, where I then was invited to meet Gil Schwartz. So I did my homework at the time. So now we're talking 2008, a year later. So I'm 21 years old, 21 years old at this point. In 2008, there was literally five people in the corporate communications team. There was Gil Schwartz, the executive vice president. There was a SVP, an EVP, and a director. There was no manager. There was no junior level person. So I met with Gil days after Michael Jackson died. So literally days after Mac- Michael Jackson died, I go into his office and he said, Michael Jackson was murdered. He didn't say hello he didn't say how are you he didn't say give me your resume give me your portfolio which i had in my hand he said michael jackson was murdered and so emotional intelligence kicked in. So I said, "Mm, I'm pretty sure it was a drug overdose. That's what TMZ is saying. And he's like, no, when it all comes out, it's going to come out that someone killed Michael Jackson. And so we started having this conversation, which later Comrade Murray actually was accused of manslaughter, which is profound. But anyways, so Gil picks up his guitar. He has several guitars in his office and he starts playing human nature. He starts playing Michael Jackson, like totally whoa and then I can hold a little note so I just started singing Michael Jackson and so we're just started singing we just started singing Michael Jackson songs for about 10-15 minutes different songs and then he said I like you I'm gonna give you a job and I said okay and he's like you know I have to work out the budget or whatever I'll figure it out but I'm gonna make a job for you I said do you want to see my resume he's like no I don't need to see it I'm like okay well if you ever want to see it I'm happy to send it to you (laughs) <laughs> so that's how a job was created for me at CBS. And again, emotional intelligence, like we did not talk about the fact that I had gone back to school to get my master's of sports entertainment PR. We did not talk about my role as a sales assistant. We did not talk about anything career-wise. He was really filling in out filling me out to see if he liked me. So months I had to wait till the new budget came, but months later I was contacted that a role was created for you in communications.
2: That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I love that you really hit on the whole notion that it's an art and a science, right? Right. So so the art of it was really all about how you built a relationship, like, immediately out of something that was totally shocking, right? Like, Michael Jackson has murdered. But at the end of the day, it was really that analytical side of you to kind of break down and say okay, who are the people that I need to meet? I'm going to do my homework and find out what's important to them. I'm going to be okay that maybe it's only 10% of the people that kind of follow up, but I'm going to get in front of folks and I'm going to really wow them by making it not feel generic, right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So to that point, Jason, I had a path. It wasn't a straight path, but I knew that I needed to be in front of a certain caliber of people. I knew I needed to be in front of senior executives. I knew I needed to impress them. And so how do you impress someone? I I tell my mentees, I I teach at NYU. I tell my students, if you ever reach out to someone, if you ever interview with someone, you have to Google them. People love talking about themselves. I don't care who you are, what your story (laughs) is. Everyone (laughs) likes to talk about themselves. So if you, without seeming like a stalker, if you organically bring something up about someone to show that you've done your homework. Those are brownie points. So it's like you're depositing into the bank. That's one way to make a bank deposit into your career or to your goal, if you will. So every person I met with, I did extensive research on them. I would bring things up like, oh, tell me about your time at Syracuse University. Tell me about your time at UCLA. Tell me about, oh, your first job at Comcast NBC Universal or whatever the situation was. They knew that I did my homework and I, I was respectful of their time.
2: Absolutely. And I love that you made it easy for them, right? You were asking great questions where I know I have been in those situations where people come to me for advice and then they want me to like manage the whole conversation. right? right? And it's like, now I'm working and you wanted five minutes of my time, but now I'm doing all of the heavy lifting, right?
0: Right. Which is not fair. And then in addition to that, I would try to offer up services. So my mentees my students say, "Well, how can I offer a service to a senior executive? What can you offer them?" So, I graduated college in 2007. Uh Facebook was actually created my freshman year of college, 2004. So, I know that senior executives social media was not necessarily on their forefront. Perhaps I would send I would send them, "Oh, I saw this article about the future of Facebook. I saw this about Instagram and I just wanted to share it with you." Or tints steps or tools. So I tried my best to not just take, but to also give. What is it that I can contribute? How can I have a mutually beneficial relationship in which it works both ways? How can I help you? And sometimes I could literally say, is there anything I could do for you? So even when Gil said that at CBS, when he said he was going to create a job for me, until a job was created, I was working. I was writing press releases. I was not getting paid by communications. I was getting paid by the network sales team. But after six o'clock, I would go up to the communications floor and give my services and work for free. Being an extra person on hand, being an extra writer, uh, being an extra set of eyes, doing copy editing. How can you lend your services? What can you do for me? And being able to identify tools that you have that can be beneficial to others.
2: Yeah. And I love that because it was like you were showing you were ready for the job before you were in the job.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And sometimes Showing that you're ready or showing that you have the desire to learn. And I think people can catch that too. Like this person is eager. They're going to put in the work. I just need to show them X, Y, Z. They'll, they'll get it. And just appearance. It's like be bringing your whole self, but being able to bring what other people will find to be beneficial and attractive.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, I'm glad that you brought up that whole notion of, you know, you have to make deposits in the ATM, which we talk about all of the time, and not be a stalker, Right. right? It's not about not being a stalker. So I'm really interested from you because you have had this unique experience that in all of your leadership roles, right? You're pretty much like the youngest person in the room sitting with a lot of people who are much older. I mean, I even remember when we worked together and someone like nudged me and we're like, you know, she's like 25 years old. And I was like, what? <laughs> right. But how have you in your career made that a tailwind that propelled you forward as opposed to sort of a, Headwind that held you back when people seem to be like, you know, curmudgeonly, I hate millennials. Right. And like, I, I, we hear that all of the time from like people in senior positions.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So when I talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, what makes diversity so phenomenal is that's your unique selling point. So I'm going to lean into the fact that I'm a millennial. I'm going to show you what a millennial is. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to lean into being black. I'm going to lean into being a woman. I'm going to lean into being a millennial. So throughout my career. So at CBS, I was there for seven years before I left CBS. Uh, Gil Schwartz connected me with Josie Thomas, who was the chief Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Officer at the time. So I started doing her presentations. She did not like working on PowerPoints. Millennial. I can knock out a PowerPoint really quickly. (laughs) So I started doing all of her presentations. I started helping her with her speeches. I started helping her with her talking points. I started uh, talking to her about speaking to millennials who, if we're talking about workforce development at the time, millennials were the next generation of workforce. So that's important. Yes, there may be negative connotations about millennials, such as that sense of entitlement or what have you, but you still need to talk to this workforce. You need them at your company. So started supporting her using my millennial perspective. And that essentially, me supporting her, bringing my whole authentic self, that landed me at my next role where we worked together, Jason, because then I I worked for Craig Robinson at Comcast ABC Universal, and he knew about me from the diversity space. So, oh, yes, you supported Josie Thomas, you supported the chief diversity officer at CBS, we have this role open at NBC, and so it was that ripple effect um, where you impress someone, and then that just kind of takes you to your next career, your next move, so we talked a little bit about me working different sectors. So i worked at NBC, phenomenal, worked with amazing people like you, Jason. I still have phenomenal, amazing friends, great contacts at NBC that I keep in contact with. Then I was at FCB Global Marketing Advertising Agency with 80 offices around the world. I was traveling around the world. It was phenomenal. And then I was recruited for my role at Barnard. And so uniquely, uh, the president at Barnard wanted someone not directly in higher ed. I've taught for the last 10 years, so I've always had one foot into higher ed. But they liked that I was passionate about education, but the fact that I had this kind of um, notoriety, if you will, she heard about me, she read about me. And so that helped the recruiter to say, hey, this role would be perfect for you. This is why. And I was extremely, extremely happy at FCB Global. It was a phenomenal job, direct reports around the world. But again, impressing people and then people coming to you with these amazing career changing opportunities. And then at Barnard, I made history in my role as the youngest to ever lead marketing and communications, as well as the first Black woman. So I didn't apply for that role. Most jobs that I've had Uniquely in my career, I didn't apply for. My role at CBS, I didn't apply for. Comcast, I was recruited. I was recruited at FCB Global. I was recruited at Barnard. And that's just a testament to relationship building. Throughout my career.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And when we talk about being a super premium brand and not a commodity worker, like that's the outcome, right? People are knocking on your door and it totally changes the equation of being, you know, one of 5,000 people that applied on LinkedIn or have applied on Indeed. So right. Gabby, tell me as a communications and marketing professional. Mm-hmm. What are some of those rules of the road that you use, you know, with your clients that we could all be using to manage and communicate our personal professional brands in a way that people, you know, are knocking on our doors?
0: Right. So, great question, Jason. So, something I tell my clients, whether it is an individual um, that's looking to brand themselves or a larger company, is what do people see when they Google you? You should have Google alerts for yourself. You need to know what people are saying about you. You need to know what comes up when people search you. This is 2020. The first thing people do is Google you, your name, your company, your brand. Now, when you see yourself Googled, when you see your company, your brand, your name Googled, are you happy with what you see? looking at where you want to go, you should always have a competitor in mind. When you look at your competitor, where you look at where you want to go, what are they doing that you can be doing? So just being aware of your presence, being aware of your online presence. And so something that some people have difficulty with is content creation.
2: Absolutely.
0: Uh, audiences, clients, they are accustomed to content. So you need to make sure you have content posted on your website. New, fresh content. I actually need to update my (laughs) site. Now that we're talking about it. Uh, Your social media giving people relevant content, making your services known, making your brand known. What is it that you do? How can you be of service? How are you relevant? Are you participating in conversations that are taking place? Right now, so many conversations are taking place. Black Lives Matter is taking place. There's all types of equality. The election, there's a lot of conversations taking place. That does not mean you need to be a part of every conversation taking place, but does it seem appropriate for who you are and what you're doing to be a part of that? Absolutely.
2: And so what are some of those guardrails that you have? Because I think of you as like a social media queen, right? Like I follow you on multi multiple platforms. And I, you know, you show up with an interview on CNBC and you're named on a Forbes list, right? right? And you've had conversations uh-huh. with Ebony. And then at the same time, I see, you know, great pictures from your wedding a couple of years ago. Right. And, and, but, but it's in a really (laughs) thoughtful way. Right. So people always ask me, you know, how do I draw the line between my personal and professional? You really have seemed to do that in an integrated way. So how, how do you do that?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So I personally am very proud to be a wife and a mother, and a professor, and a consultant. And so because I am comfortable with all of those aspects being present, you will see my son on my social media. You may see my husband and I on vacation. You may see me in class. You may see me repost something from one of my students. So for me, it's really important to be my authentic self. For me, it's really important for you to know who I am. And I'm selective. I'm not going to put every single thing on social media. So when I think about what I post, um, so for instance, today I went for a walk with my son On Instagram, on my stories, beautiful day in New York, beautiful day in Westchester, New York. I'm walking with my son. I'm really proud of that. That's a part of who I am. So I am thoughtful and intentional. So when people look for me or when people search me, when people Google me, I want them to see all aspects of who I am. So if you were to Google me at any point, if you were to look on my social media, you will see that my career is important. You'll be able to read about me. You'll find links to my website, but you'll also see that I'm a person. And so I I do speaking engagements and I speak on women empowerment. I speak about diversity and inclusion. I think it's really important for that aspect of my career that people see who I am as an individual.
2: Absolutely. And how do you draw that line, right? You talked about Black Lives Matter is important to you. The election is important, but how do you draw the line between something that maybe alienates people versus is just bringing your best authentic self to social media on the table?
0: So that's a great, great question. So one thing Religion and faith is important to me. So sporadically, you may see me post a Bible scripture. You may see me post something about Jesus. On the flip side of that, elections are around the corner. You will see me posting, get out and vote. You will not see me post who I'm voting for. You can probably, from the things I post, from the messages I post, you could probably make an opinion on what side I fall on, but some of my clients are on both sides of the fence. Absolutely. And I'm fine with that. Many of my family members actually are on both sides of the fence, and I'm fine with that. So that's a, that's a line that you'll see me draw. I'm not going to make a bold statement about one candidate or another, but it is imperative that you know that I'm, I will vote. I am encouraging you to vote. I am encouraging everyone to be educated about this election, to do your research, and then to vote based on your thoughts, your opinion, and your research. So that's an example of a line that I will draw
2: yeah and i think it's it's really smart right because i feel so many people they don't want to be controversial at all so it's almost like they don't post any content right like they're so hyper focused on that but i love that you kind of give this this guardrail of how can you still have that universal appeal and balance who you really are right
0: right absolutely absolutely so
2: um A couple of kind of final rapid fire questions for you. Yes. We're talking all about personal brands, but let's talk about other brands. What brand are you obsessed with? What's like your must have brand? You buy it. You're obsessed with it.
0: Yeah. So Nike, I think Nike does a phenomenal job of being present when important conversations are taking place. I think they do a great job of crossing sectors. So when you think of Nike, the first thing you think of is athletics and sports. But Nike has recently done a really good job engaging influencers of all sizes. So they have plus size influencers, plus size models. Nike is doing campaigns with a Kevin Hart Kevin Hart isn't necessarily an athlete. He may run a marathon, but we know Kevin Hart because he's a comedian and an actor. So I appreciate what Nike is doing as a brand, and I appreciate that they are present and a part of uh, pivotal conversations. Um, What other brands are really important? I think Netflix is doing a good job in terms of delivering diverse content. So a lot of people may not be aware, but Netflix has a section that's all about Black storytelling. So when people are trying to better understand race and culture, you can go to that sector of Netflix and watch films, watch documentaries, watch programming that will help you to better understand the Black experience. So that's another brand and I think is doing a good job. Right.
2: And so it's really, you you gravitate to these brands that feel like they're talking to people just like you, right? Like you don't have to be a pro athlete to be loving Nike, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to see myself reflected in some way. If I'm going to spend my money on you, and and I think that's really important. If I'm going to spend my money, my time, if I'm going to give, I want to feel good about it. I want to be happy and excited. And so those are two brands where I feel good giving them my money.
2: Yeah. And great brands make us feel good. And it's just like your brand making other people feel good to get get in the door. Absolutely. Um, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be?
0: So my dream car. Um, my dream car is a Ferrari, a hot pink Ferrari. That's when I, I know I'll make it one day. It may take me 60 years or so, but one day I'm going <laughs> to have that hot pink Ferrari for sure.
2: Sure. And, and why are you, why are you like a hot pink Ferrari?
0: So I, I'm kind of loud and I'm kind of out there. <laughs> and sometimes I want you to stop and look at me. And so one thing is you're going to look at a Ferrari. If you see a Ferrari go by because they're rare and you don't see them all the time. But if you see a hot pink Ferrari, everyone is stopping. Everyone is stopping to say, Oh, wow, a hot pink Ferrari. And sometimes I just want people to stop and listen and enjoy the gift of gab.
2: Love that. Now, what are three words that you think your super fans would use to describe your brand? And I know you started with storyteller, but maybe what are the other two?
0: Um, Authentic, honest, and present.
2: Love that. And what do you mean by present?
0: So being able to contribute to what's happening now, being able to be present in whatever time it is, showing up, showing up in a good way, in a memorable way, being present.
2: Awesome. What's the best career advice that you would like to pass on to the listeners of today's show?
0: Um, Always be a student. So regardless of where you are in your career, regardless of what it is you want to do, you should always be a student of the game. You should always be continuously learning and growing to get to that next level because there's always a next level.
2: Well, Gabrielle Gambrell, thank you for sharing your gift of gab.
0: Thank you, Jason. I really appreciate you having me.
2: Of course. Then we'll be back with my final thoughts.
1: Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how.
2: Well, I hope you enjoyed that amazing conversation with Gabby. You know, I was really touched by a couple of the things that she said. It's super remarkable to think about how she built a career by networking and reaching out to people. And I can't stress this enough. At the end of the day, if you don't reach out to people, people will not know who you are and it can be easy it can be easy to think i don't need to do that like i've been in my role for a long time everybody knows me but here's the thing organizations and industries are fluid and people are changing all of the time. So you constantly need to be reaching out and building your network. Now, one of the things that I loved that Gabby demonstrated in her career was reaching out and making it super easy for folks. She would go out and ask people for advice Insights and recommendations. She would say, Hey, can I have five minutes to get your advice and insights on fill in the blank? Oftentimes their area of expertise or a project that they were working on that would benefit her understanding. And you heard from her directly. People love talking about themselves. And while not everyone is going to take you up on that offer, a whole heck of a lot of people will because you must ask for the order and ask for assistance and make it super easy. The final thing that really stood out for me in Gab's conversation there was the whole notion that you need to be in service of other people. You are a stalker if you're constantly reaching out to people saying, I need this, I need that, please help me, versus asking people for their advice and insights. Remember, in your career, it's all about relationships and super serving your super fans. So ask yourself, what have you done for other people lately? Because remember, it's just like going to the bank. You have to put money into your bank account before you make a withdrawal at the ATM. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, go ahead and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything and take a quick moment and leave a comment and rate the show. You can connect with me on all social media at at Jason Patria on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on LinkedIn to make sure you get the latest on how you can lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. And remember, in your career, don't be like coffee, be a super premium brand like
1: Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.